Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. I am your host, Lindsay Pritchard-Fox, and today I am with Jillian Penkin of Artie Weiss and founder of the Buffalo Chapter of the National Association of Women in Construction, also known as NAWIC. Uh, welcome, Jillian, and thanks for being on the show. Now, of course, we were in Rochester, NAWIC together, uh, but now you're you know, off and founding new chapters. Tell us about that. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so excited to be with you today. This is so fun. Um, so like you just mentioned, Buffalo Nawick is now started. So I was just reflecting this morning, I moved to Buffalo, it will be one year ago next week. Um, so moving to Buffalo in the middle of a pandemic was certainly challenging. And, you know, I lived in Rochester for 31 years. So then to move to a new city, in the middle of a pandemic, newer-ish job, and, you know, completely didn't know anyone in Buffalo. It was really intimidating. And, but the one thing that I knew about my move to Buffalo is that I was going to bring the NAWIC chapter back to life here in the Buffalo-Niagara region. And, you know, it's just been gangbusters. Um, NAWIC actually had a chapter in Buffalo and it closed probably seven or so years ago, seven, eight years ago, not for a lack of construction or women working in the industry, but the chapter had just it had gotten a little bit older and, you know, sometimes it can be really tough to have new board members come in. It's a big commitment. You know, I can tell you that it's definitely a big commitment. And so eventually the chapter shrunk to a size where the national office said, you know, we're going to, we're going to just closes down and Rochester actually absorbed Buffalo. Oh, and so, and that was, yeah, so that, that had to have been eight years ago. Um, I've been a NAWIC member for about 10 years now, 10 or 11 years now. I think I was 21 when I started with NAWIC. So how, so you are in the construction industry, obviously with Artie Weiss and stuff. Can tell us a little bit about Artie Weiss and like the flooring applications. And I've seen your posts. So they are um, com very compelling uh, images and very Those before and after pictures do the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Artie Weiss has been, um, they've been a flooring contractor for over 30 years. The owner, Randy, started it um, and he lives in the Connecticut area. But Artie Weiss now has offices all over the Northeast. Um, the next closest office is Rochester. And, um, you know, I have a mechanical background. I don't know. I, I didn't. I do now. But I didn't know anything about flooring um, two years ago when I started with Artie Weiss. And I had met Randy at some networking functions. And we just really hit it off. And, you know, for a while he was like, well, why don't you just come work for me? And, you know, I want you on the team and, you know, no one talks like you. And <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, <laughs> but, um, you know, we just, we really hit it off and I, I really did want to work for him. So, you know, I finally decided to, to make the move to flooring two years ago. And I've just loved, I've loved being a part of this this part of the construction industry because it adds in, you know, its function and its design, you know, its color and its texture and its proper applications for the spaces. So I get to, you know, take a part of my, my German, everything must have, you know, a function with that, you know, sort of whimsy design, color, texture element that a lot of people might not even think of when they think of flooring, but you know, that's what they, that's what may be the big bucks for. I'll think of it. <laughs> well, it is an important, very important trade and to have it be functional and uh, also uh, compelling to look at is important. But you got your start, you said, in mechanical contracting. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. So when I was 20 and I graduated from college, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I would grow up someday. 
And I happened to apply for a job at a mechanical contractor in Rochester for an admin assistant, like an executive assistant position. And I just truly fell in love, not only with the company, you know, it was family owned and it really had like a really nice family feel to it. Uh, But I fell in love with this industry that I really didn't know anything about. And it's funny because all the men in my family worked in construction in one way or another. You know, I grew up in Rochester. Most of the men in my family worked at Kodak and most of the women as well and so in one way or another. And it just never even occurred to me to think about that, which, you know, not to dive into the deeper issues immediately, but I think that that's part of what's wrong with why this industry isn't growing is because our parents don't want don't want to see their kids work as hard as they did. And it's like, you're working either way. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so anyway, so I just, you know, I worked there for five years. I was an admin assistant and because it was a family owned company, I was really able to kind of climb my way up and I eventually became an assistant project manager And I just loved it. You know, I was on job sites all the time and meeting different people and I was in different cities and, you know, I'm a problem solver. And that's really what a project manager or assistant project manager is. They just solve problems all day long. (laughs) I love that about my, uh, the interview I did with Vicki Reynolds. So she's a CTO of 3D, 3PTI. So it's out of the UK and she's actually, she's their chief technology officer and she, someone had said, if you love solving problems, you should go to the construction industry because uh, there's lots. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and what's funny about, you know, you've got to work anyway, which I totally agree with. What is so compelling about construction, in my opinion, is this tangible outcome. You know, there's oh, yeah. you go to an empty job site and then put your effort in and solve your problems. And now you've got a building standing there that you've got people, you know, in and out of enjoying. Um, and I think that that is just so, so tangible and so satisfying to see this is my effort. It's there. Absolutely. You're walking. And you take something it. from a drawing in dirt to now you actually have a building where people are working or they're living or they're eating or they're whatevering, um, you know. We do that. How incredible is that? I totally, I totally agree. And I think that is something that's kind of been lost in the um, construction industry for, you know, new talent entering it. How did you feel, uh, how did you connect with NAWIC and how did NAWIC uh, kind of support your, you know, dive into construction? Yeah. I, so I love this question. It's actually, I think it's like, it's like, you know, when you ask someone, how did they meet their significant other? I think of NAWIC as my significant other. Uh, <laughs> I was, again, being the executive assistant. So I was answering the phones at this mechanical contractor and we would get calls from different, you know, subcontractors that wanted to bid jobs with us. And, you know, normally it was like, you know, I yeah, answer the phone and they'd say estimating and, you know, fine, sure. And send them off. But there was this woman that would call all the time from a local electrical firm. And, you know, she would actually chat with me. I wasn't, you know, and finally one day she was just like, have you ever heard of NAWIC? And I was like, what? No. And she said, well, it's this great group and we get together. And in fact, this coming Wednesday, I think it must've been a Monday or something, our, is our chapter meeting. Why don't you just come and check it out and see if you're, you know, if you'd like us. And I'll never forget it. So I drove, I lived in Charlotte at the time, and I drove like 20 minutes to Henrietta to this really old, beat up Radisson Hotel. And they had one of the conference rooms. And there was maybe 12 or so women in this room. And we were served a dry chicken dinner. But I was hooked, obsessed with these women immediately. There was just, I walked in the room and there were just these so put together, powerful, professional women that just exuded confidence. And again, I was like maybe 21 at the time. I think I had just turned 21 and didn't even know how to order a drink. (laughs) And I was just enamored with these women that I could not, like a sponge, couldn't suck up their knowledge and experience fast enough. 
And I think I must have had my application into them at lightning speed to become a member because I, I didn't realize that that's, that's exactly what I needed at that time was, you know, a group where I could learn how to be a professional person. You know, I grew up and my parents taught me to look people in the eye and, you know, shake their hand and, but I didn't know what to do after that. You know, like how, how do you actually interact as a professional person? You know, you're not in college anymore. You're not in high school. You don't have a teacher, you know, reminding you constantly how to write an email properly and, you know, how to be professional. And Nawick gave me all of that and so much more, you know, so quickly. I just had, you know, I think there was maybe 27 or so members at that time. I, I now had 27 women that I could call at any given time and say, how do I ask for a raise? you know, where do I get a suit? <laughs> like all of these questions that, you know, you don't even think about, you know, needing the answers to until you're need to go to a meeting and all you have is like suit separates from JCPenney's. <laughs> <laughs> well, and having it be very industry specific, you know, because I, you can find, um, you can find female mentors, you can find male mentors that can help you guide you through like career choices and your pathways and such. But once you've decided on an industry that you like, there are, there's that finesse to, to successfully navigating that particular type of industry. So Absolutely. that's where I really felt NAWIC fills an important gap for mentorship in that specific industry. Absolutely. I think for sure, like you just said, industry specific is so important because, you know, the construction industry really spans everything. I mean, you can be a lawyer and be tied to the construction industry. You can be an accountant and be tied to the construction industry, you know, a designer. I mean, there's so many different facets of this industry that even if you're not thinking, you know, I don't really want to be, I'm not a job site person. I'm not a, I'm not a steel toed boots getting up at 4 a.m., you know, coffee on the road person. Um, there's still something that you could do banking, I, you know, loan officer. I mean, you name it, you can still be a part of this industry. And I think that there's a camaraderie in the construction industry that I can't imagine any other industry has. You know, we, we talk about being in a male-dominated field, and I think that there's other industries that share that. You know, I've heard that the insurance industry is very male-dominated and very much so can be a little exclusionary, um, especially when young women want to kind of break in and, and enter that field. But if you're in insurance and you're selling workers comp or anything like that, you're now a part of this construction industry. So please find your NAWIC chapter and, you know, kind of learn how to break those barriers with women that have been doing it for eons. It certainly has made us better designers because there, there's, there was one NAWIC meeting where we had an attorney talk about the consequences of what's called as-builts. Uh, we think of as-built as what a building looks like um, before you start a construction project. But there's also as-built for what the project looks like when it's done. Mm -hmm. And those that all gets documented and that all goes into public record. And if there's a lawsuit associated with some sort of design feature in that building, those as-built get pulled up. And so then suddenly you have this real... Incredible story is being shared with us at our NAWIC meeting about, you know, how to successfully ensure that you're not liable for an accident right. that happens on a job site um, so that you can have all of your I's dotted and T's crossed. And such a diverse voice that's coming mm -hmm. into that meeting, um, but so very relevant. And it is, I think it's interesting to have uh industries categorized as male dominated or female dominated because what i've seen is i think that there's diversity in every industry it's simply Absolutely. how you're looking at it and how broad your perspective is on it so i've been trying to like one of my new things is i've been trying to get away from using the term male dominated although like it's very it's colloquially used if you if you say the term male dominated or female dominated people know what you're talking about but i'm trying to use male clustered 
We are not dominated by men. We are clustered with men. <laughs> I'm sure they feel clustered by us. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but that's so like, anyway, add that one into your vernacular. Male oh, cluster. We are I, not dominated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've moved away. I was categorized as a tomboy. Growing. Okay. And I, I said, oh, that's really interesting that like me climbing trees and me liking to be on a tractor equated to being a, a boy. Right. Um, and so I've, I've moved away from that, but it's that colloquial, it's just sort of in the vernacular and how. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, it, I, yeah, I, tomboy, I, girly girl, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting is, is that so in commercial construction, I've gone to several conferences and in the commercial environment, um, I gauge the male bathroom line versus the female bathroom line to, <laughs> as a gut check for diversity. Yeah. Um, ironically, uh, when I'm at a commercial construction or design uh, conference, it is extremely imbalanced. The male, the male bathroom line is, I mean, out the door, wrapped around the wall. Um, and I, you know, I take a little joy in that moment that I don't have to wait. Uh, yeah, right. Well, and it's because you know that they're not, they're not checking their hair and their ties in the mirror. Like, <laughs> they're, they're in an in and out thing. So when they have a long line, it's because there's a lot more men than women there. Right. Well, what's interesting is I've gone to residential construction and building uh, conferences. And it's equal lines. It's, really? Yes, it is equal lines. It's either because they do blend design with construction in a lot of those conferences. And I would say that a lot of design, um, at least on the interior, seems to be female uh, dominated or clustered. And uh, there's a lot of wives that support their uh, husbands who are in the field in the administrative layer. Absolutely. And I think that that is kind of under-recognized is the, the, the number of women that are in the administrative roles um, relating to construction. Mm -hmm. Ton. There's a ton. Right. And it's great to find them. And that's kind of what I've really appreciated about NAWIC is that here's, you know, here's the spot where you can go find that industry-specific mentorship in a very diverse way. Absolutely. And I think one of the, one of the, huge benefits of NAWIC. So I'm in a sales role, so I can't help it. I'm always selling somehow, you know, one way or another. I've always, you know, I'm like that salesperson that's like, Jillian Penkin, here's my card. Jillian You're bringing Penkin, awareness. Card. You're not selling. You're bringing awareness. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Let me talk to me about your floors today. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the nice things about NAWIC is that we understand the that part of networking comes with, you know, being sold to or selling to your members. And there is no no group out there like like a women's organization or specifically NAWIC. I mean, women just support each other really, really well when it comes to professional networking. And I just think it's because it, it becomes this sisterhood thing where it's like, we're in this together. You know, I want to see you win because we're in this group together. We're going through this together. We're mentoring together. We're volunteering together. You know, it's this consistent, you know, kind of day in, day out relationship that just really grows and sparks. I mean, you know, for so long, especially in the construction industry, it was the handshake on the golf course or the, you know, the cigar at the club or, you know, the, the bourbon, you know, at the bar and between two men. And that was how business got done. And, you know, so much our industry has gotten away from that, but in a much more inclusive way, in my opinion. I mean, especially as, as a woman who doesn't golf because I don't, um, I, I was concerned in my younger years that I'm like, I'm going to be cut out of all these conversations because I don't want to spend an afternoon on a golf course. Side note, um, Buffalo is going to be doing a golf tournament uh, here <laughs> a week soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I will be a golfer now. <laughs> I have finally bitten the bullet there, but you know, it, it, it became, you know, Nawick was this great place to go where it wasn't, you know, it was a, it, it was a, women-led organization where women wanted to see other women win. 
what is the harm in that? I mean, where can you find a place where you have 20, 30, 40 plus women that, you know, you call them, you've never even met them. I mean, I've talked to NAWIC, NAWIC sisters and others in Texas that have, they don't know me. We've never met. And I just say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be in your area. I've got a customer down there. You know, can I, can I come to a, one of your chapter meetings? Do you have something going on while I'm in town? In fact, one of our NAWIC Buffalo members was in North Carolina, I think in February, and she hit up the NAWIC chapter while she was there and attended a meeting. I mean, it's just so cool. It's really important because you need that, the inclusion of new information. And, you know, we're going to be based in this podcast is started in Colorado and now we're talking about, you know, upstate New York. And having uh, infusions of different approaches to problems and um, uh, what I really loved, it's just unabashed networking. Unabashed. It's like, I I need, I'm getting my, you know, feet under me professionally. Uh, and they're like, okay, you're going to talk to this person. I'm going to, here's an e- email intro. And it's so comfortable versus to having to finesse something. And I right. love that we're that there is an opportunity to take uh, those conversations out of those traditional environments like the golf course. Um, just hit the ball straight and in the air. That's your only job. Straight in the air. <laughs> I actually got that advice from uh, his name is Craig Norman, right? He's he was Tiger Woods's uh, coach's brother. I don't. Hit it straight in the air. Don't worry about it. No stress. It was hilarious because it was uh, one of those moments where I was like, I can't get a, I can't get a lesson with this guy. He's too good. And he's like, that's exactly why you come to me is because you don't want to have yeah. habits. So you just hit it straight in the air. You're good. Um, but to be, to have an opportunity to have those conversations, I totally ran into the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't get to go to the tilted kilt to hang out with the contractors at lunch hour. <laughs> Tilted guilt. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, you know, just to have that, because that's where that, oh, you need, you know, you need a framer. Oh, I have this really great electrician. Oh, he needs to be at license. You need to talk to this person. Um, right. And those sort of uh, organic conversations, it's really hard to manifest if you're not, I'm sorry, guys, at the tilted kill at the lunch hour. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I hear they have great wings, or maybe that's Hooters. either way. Just, just so you know, I can drive by the Tilted Kill or Hooters at lunchtime and see a whole lot of construction trucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not that we're going to name names, but just so you know, it's on the side of your van. <laughs> um, but what I do think is incredible is that you've been able to grow the NAWIC chapter. Did you say 47 members in a year? Yeah. So not even a year. So we, so I started September 3rd was the day that I called Doreen Bartoldis, who is, you probably know, is our national vice or national president elect. And um, I said, okay, I live in Buffalo now and I'd like to start a chapter. What do I do first? Because as long as I had been a NAWIC member, that was something I'd never done was either started a chapter myself or seen one start. So it was a very, very unknown process. And I will say the national office was incredibly supportive. I think that there was like five women who I was calling like, you know, 10 times a day. I'm like, what do I do next? What do I say? How do I answer this question? And, you know, the nice thing about this group is like the wheel has already been created. So there's already a template for pretty much everything that needs to be done, especially to start a chapter. The template's done. You know, they've got the, you know, organizational meeting and meeting minutes and, you know, blah, 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 all that, all that boring paperwork stuff done. So the one thing I needed to do in order to get a charter, a chapter chartered was have 25 women agree to become members. And I had lunch with two really dynamic women out here in Buffalo. And I said, this is NAWIC. This is what I want to do. What do you think? And they were like, we got you. And they started making, cause I didn't, again, I didn't know anyone in Buffalo and they just started making calls. And before I knew it, you know, it was weeks of 
emails and phone calls and repeating myself, you know, day in and day out, this is Maywick and this is what we do. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's our story. Um, and we had 25 members in November, I think mid-November. So like a little, little more than, than two months or so, you know, we had the, the requisite number of people. And then of course the holidays hit. So everything was like, you know, there was Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and, but we kept people in, engaged. And I think our chartering date was January 28th. And on that date, we had 34 prospective members and over a hundred people showed up to our virtual chartering event, which was incredible. His congratulations. Thank you. I mean, a lot of, they were all NAWIC related, of course, you know, they were members in other cities and states. And for me, it was just like, this is, this is why you do this because on a, you know, Wednesday night, we had a hundred women show up at five or six o'clock at night, you know, dinner time. And you got, you know, that there's kids screaming in the other room and, you know, here they are dedicating time to, to watch this new chapter, you know, kind of spring to life. And, you know, it was really, really exciting and humbling, you know, and I got to be the one to say, I'm the chairwoman of this chapter and, and I, I chartered it, but you know, it, it was not, it was not me alone. I, the board, the women that are on our board in Buffalo are so smart and strong and connected and like ready to roll their sleeves up and get to work. And, you know, we've been starting partnerships with the BOCES um, in Erie County, the county that we're in. And we've been volunteering already. We got to do mock interviews with the students, which was like, you know, forget about it. That was so. Do we know important. what uh, BOCES? It's an acronym. Do we know what that is? I could Google it. Well, so since our listeners aren't necessarily in the Rochester area, and I don't building know occupation. No, I'm making it up. We'll make don't it. Let up. me make it. But up. the well, the point of it is, is it's a youth program for uh, upskilling and uh, kind of connecting uh, a pool of young people with existing professionals and it's so just- BOCES is a school and it's it's kind of like a trade school and you you can go there for for high school or continuing education and then they have they have construction trades they have building trades you know they have everything from like cosmetology and criminal justice so it's almost like pre-college in a way because you're you're very specific in what you're going to school and, and learning every day I mean not you know it's a fact of life that not every student necessarily cares so much to read Plato or the Scarlet Letter or learn about the Revolutionary War necessarily. You know, some of those really traditional high school classes, um, most of them want to learn how to do their taxes, uh, which would be great to see that come into play, or how to balance a checkbook or how to be a professional. I mean, so that is something that that those BOCES type schools or trade schools offer to kids at a young age where without so much of a commitment as a college education, they can try something out and see if they want to do criminal justice or see if they want to be an auto mechanic or a motorcycle mechanic or do body work on a car. You know, they can try it out for a year. And if they're like, yeah, no, not, not for me that, you know, they haven't invested thousands of dollars into an education that they're never going to use. So NAWIC Buffalo has, has been working and like, what are some things that you were doing in the community? So again, we're brand new. <laughs> so it's it's all, we're growing, we're getting there. Um, but so we've been with the Erie BOCES, mock interviews. That was kind of the first big adventure that we did, which is great. Um, there's a school here in the city of Buffalo called McKinley Schools. And that's another trade type high school. And it's just ninth through 12th, um, boys and girls. And they offer some of the similar things to like, like what a BOCES would offer. They have construction trades, building trades, um, automotive repair and things like that. You know, really a lot more hands-on learning and they have great technology programs. Um, 
I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I believe that they might be a charter school. And I'm actually meeting with them tomorrow to figure out how NAWIC can integrate and help them talk to these kids from actual adults working in construction to see what it's like to, to work in this industry and how much money you can make and all the other benefits that you get from being in this industry. And, um, you know, hopefully doing a build with Habitat for Humanity together. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of possibilities there. So um, I love that. That outreach is so important because I do think that there's a lot absolutely. of misconceptions about the construction industry that need to get, you know, highlighted and, you know, reworked. Well, I mean, how often have we been a part of a conversation? I mean, Lindsay, I'm sure you probably hear it all the time about how we need more young people in the trades. We need more more people coming in because there's more folks retiring out of construction that are coming in. And by the way, plug for women, women in construction in the field is still only at 9%. And it's been stagnant there for years. And that 9% number takes into account, you know, people like me, like this isn't just, you know, women in the field, boots on the ground. This is, you know, women in sales positions, women that own those construction companies, women that are, you know, accountants or insurance. I mean, if you can check that construction box, it counts towards that number and it's still not even 10%. It's insane. It is. But anyway, there, that's my tangent on the uh, percentage. Well, I think one of, one of my questions here is what drives you crazy about the industry. And I do think that that kind of drives me crazy about this industry is because that there's, yeah. there's default language. If college isn't for you, then try the trades. And mm-hmm. I'm like, trades are amazing. Why is that the second choice? Right. And and I think that that's, that's part of what needs to happen. And that's part of what, what NAWIC focuses on. Um, and sometimes we don't get the credit. I don't know if I can say that, but I don't think that we get the credit. I mean, we've got 100 and, 117 chapters, I think now of NAWIC. Um, I believe Buffalo's 116 and Jersey is chartering in a month, a month from today, Jersey will be the newest, newest chapter. And, you know, but there's only so much we can do, especially if the men in the industry don't support our efforts. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that really gets lost in the sauce, if you will, about what NAWIC is, because it is the National Association of Women in Construction, women being a really key word in that acronym. And um, unapologetically so, let me say that, you know, NAWIC was started by 16, I think it was 16 women in 1953 in Fort Worth, Texas, that will be on the quiz. So make sure you you make a note of that. But, but it, it was started because women in this industry needed a place where we could go and, and be a part of a conversation. And, you know, if every time we were going to a networking function or a business meeting or just in our offices at the water coolers, all of a sudden, all the male shoulders would kind of come up and close us out. We'll just create our own space. And so that's kind of what NAWIC was born out of was if you're not going to include us we're going to go over here and create something else. Oh, and by the way, we're also going to lead the charge at bringing in our children and our younger generation and giving them a, a space where they can learn a little bit about what construction is. But, uh, but it can't be done alone. It can't be women only in this conversation because progress doesn't come, come from one side working you know, kind of in a bubble. It is so important that the men that we share our spaces with, be it at work or or networking functions or or whatever, understand what NAWIC is and what our mission is and help us to support it. And even if that's just in the form of a sponsor check, which by the way, you can mail right directly to me. <laughs> <laughs> But but to sponsor our chapter so that we can do these things, so that we can give out meaningful, substantial scholarships to young women that want to 
go after a career in construction so that you can sponsor us so that we can do those, you know, Habitat for Humanity, humanity builds in our communities and continue to spread the word. I mean, NAWIC should be a household name. And, you know, I just can't stress enough how important it is for men to not feel excluded because it's, because it's a women-led organization. They should feel empowered to want to support us and help see us grow from that 9%. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is, so if you're, if you're male in an industry and you're looking at an organization like NAWIC, um, you've got basically a very condensed collection of very serious professionals that are a resource mm -hmm. to you. And yeah. they play so many important roles in the industry that it is an incredibly powerful um, affiliation to have uh, because we'll do the same networking uh, power um, that we do for our members with our sponsor. So whomever that sponsor is, you know, we want their success in, you know, equity to our own. And what I've loved in sort of my first experience in NAWIC was this guest bartending fundraising event for the NAWIC uh, scholarship. And I loved it. I walked up and was that was that last was it two years ago? It was it was God, I think it was actually longer than that. But you walk you go to the guest bartending event and the parking lot is filled with every construction truck that exists in Rochester. Yeah. So uh such a broad enthusiasm for what Nawick is doing in Rochester. Uh you know, flooded with men, flooded with females and having it all be a very integrated and networked uh, group that just has a great time and really does share a passion for getting new talent into the industry, getting Absolutely. that kind of fresh perspective. And um, that that kind of blew me away that, that, you know, but it's but it's so funny, Lindsay, because the guest bartending event in Rochester, which I was a part of every year up until this year, has always been the the biggest fundraiser for the chapter, the most well attended, and the one where more men feel like comfortable to come. And I just it it has always kind of frustrated me because it's like, come to our other meetings. Come to the meetings where, yeah, you know, maybe it's a sit-down dinner and you have a speaker, but that is likely a woman speaker who is an expert. She is a subject matter expert in whatever it is that she's speaking about. You know, for example, our the first guest speaker that we had in Buffalo is a uh, an attorney here in, in Buffalo who is incredible, so educated, so um, fine-tuned to the most minute detail about her craft. And so she was speaking about negotiation skills and the gender pay gap and how important both of those tools are, negotiating being a tool and the gender pay gap being something that affects both sides. You know, I mean, when you think of the gender pay gap, you think, oh, you know, women aren't making enough money, poor women. No, it affects everybody. I mean, we all live in this economy, in this world where if you don't have the same buying power as your spouse, simply be, you know, based on your gender, you know, how is that helping him? It's not. So it was just, it was really interesting. And and so I guess, I guess to anyone listening, you know, please, I, I challenge you to find your, your local NAWIC chapter and, and attend those meetings. And if you feel like you can't go because you're a man, then you're silly. <laughs> well, get in touch with, get in touch with the, you know, the, the president and say like, we want to get our firm connected with your, uh, those evenings of, you Absolutely. know. I mean, everybody wins when there's more people working in this industry and when there's a more diverse crowd, because let's, let's also, you know, talk about the fact that when it comes to people of color in this industry, there is even less of a percentage. I believe at last glance, and this number could be wrong, so forgive me if I'm I'm not trying to um, misinterpret the number, but it was like 6%. And, you know, I, I just don't understand. And 
my question to employers or business owners in this industry is, what are you doing to find these qualified candidates? Because you can't tell me that there isn't a woman or a woman of color or, or a man of color that could fill whatever position that you have open, but what are you doing to find them? You know, what are you just going to the career fair? Are you just going to the local, um, you know, hiring, what is it, recruitment center that you've always gone to and they're always giving you the same candidates? Think outside the box. I mean, challenge yourself to try and find someone different to fill that position because, you know, we are constantly hearing about diversity and inclusion and, and how to take part in that. I, I'm not a business owner and I am not a recruiter or a hiring person. That is not a part of my role, but you can ask the owner of my, my business. I bring it up a lot um, that there isn't enough diversity necessarily in our, in our sales pool. And what are we doing to change that? What are we doing to think outside the box and try and find these very qualified candidates? You know, so. Yeah, it is. At, at, well, I feel like hiring new talent is hard, you know, we because there is a lot of upskilling. So I I have made a point we've had. Uh, I'm in the construction management program at MCC when I first went back to school for MCC being the community college here. Um, we routinely had uh, trade professional firms like, you know, mechanical trades, uh, any sort of like an R.D. Weiss kind of coming in and saying, you know, we run these types of projects. If you guys are interested in this, um, you know, we're taking applicants. And there was kind of the outreach into the construction management uh, program. Uh, the interior design program had zero. Like there was zero outreach from the existing professional firms. And it was very, it was a really interesting experience that I'm very happy that I threw myself in, which was I enrolled in the interior design program, which was 90% female. And then I enrolled in the uh, construction or civil tech department, which was 90% male. And to see the difference between who was speaking to us, the type of exposure we had to the industry was extremely lacking on the on the interior design side also let me just raise an issue con, con, design and construction are not different it is all construction and design is just a phase of construction so i would like to kind of recalibrate how we think about um, the industry in general because you can't construct without design and there's really no point of designing if you're not constructing it Absolutely. Well, I nominate you as chairwoman to to take that on because I think that you're a hundred percent spot on, and that's such an important part of the discussion. And I mean, you lived it. You know, you were in both classes kind of simultaneously, where you were looking at who your your fellow students were, and it's like you know, heaven heaven forbid, a man wants to get to design or a woman wants to get into construction technology. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the construction uh, technology department, it was called civil tech, um, was being trained in AutoCAD, whereas the interior design program was being uh, um, educated in Revit, which is the 3, 3D design building information modeling. So I'm like, what is happening here? You've got these. It's just we need to we just bring everybody together. I feel yeah, like we right. need a guest bartending night. We need to like merge <laughs> construction and design departments. Um, and let me just add, I was the adult learner in both rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so you're probably also the only one looking at this and then doing the statistics in your head and then thinking <laughs> about like, you know, from like a mother's standpoint, like, Oh no, you really need to branch out. <laughs> Uh, I, li I had to listen to the interior design students be told, well, how do I know this is constructible to the to the teachers? And the teacher's like, that's not for you to worry about. That's what the that's what the builders are going to have to figure out. Your job is just to draw it. So it's <laughs> so the worst so advice my, ever. <laughs> my partner is an electrical engineer and he has been an engineer for 
I don't know, 10 or so years now. And one of the companies that he used to work for, that was what he did. So he designed these circuit boards that were then going to go into the machines that on the manufacturing floor, they were putting everything together. And often it was this conversation of, I, I understand that you want to make the circuit board look like that. It's never going to work in practice. So it was really, I mean, just to your point, it was so important for the engineering to come down from, you know, the, the fifth floor or whatever and go onto the manufacturing floor and have those conversations about, is this constructible? Yes, I can design it this way, but is it practical? Does it make sense? Um, you know, design and construction, they're hand in hand, hand in yeah. hand. Yeah, I agree. And diversity doesn't mean uh, gender or ethnicity. It literally just means being open to hearing conversations from different buckets of the world. Absolutely. And saying like, you know, how do we get the best product at the end of the day so that we're, you know, we're actually making change. Um, and it's been, I mean, it's been really fun chatting with you. I wanted you to like kind of, if there was something that you could share with anybody that's listening and that wants to get involved with NAWIC or a young person that is interested in the industry, like what advice do you throw out there to them? You know, I think if I had to pick, you know, maybe, maybe one piece of advice without being too cliche, it's just ask the question, take the chance. You know, there's, you're not going to get shot if you if you go for a job and it isn't right for you. Just try it. You know, think outside the box when it comes to how you want to continue your education. You know, if I, I hate the saying that if college isn't right for you, you can if you want to go to college, please do. But think about engineering. Think about architecture. Think about those STEM classes. I mean, mathematics and science and design. These are all such important roles that will keep you employed forever. And a good career, a strong career that will let you do the things in life that you want to do. You know, think about that thing that drives you, that gets you up every morning out of bed and doing what you want to do, maybe that's bartending, maybe that is you want to be a dance instructor, whatever it is that you want to do, go for it, give it a shot. And, you know, maybe if you, you, you want to focus on the thing that for myself, travel, travel is the thing that makes me work hard every day. I work hard and sweat and deal with, you know, customer issues because I know that I'm going to Belize next year. I also know that if I want to go to Belize next year, I need to sell X number of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and falling short of that goal is not okay because I will be in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to find your passion and the triggers that get you excited uh, to get out of bed every day. And does NAWIC have a student rate? Is there a way for students to get involved in NAWIC at a young age? Absolutely. So a bunch of different ways. So first of all, each NAWIC chapter offers scholarships. So um, generally, I think, at least in Rochester and Buffalo, we start um, reaching out to all of our local schools to get applications in for our scholarship around uh, mid-April, um, early mid-April. So please try and track down, you know, if you're a guidance counselor, if you know a guidance counselor, you know, make sure that they're reaching out to their local NAWIC chapter and getting on that distribution list for the scholarship. Each chapter gives a different amount. It, it is all based on how many sponsorships and how much money we can raise through, throughout the year. So all the business owners listening. Also, yes. So to all the business owners listening, if you do want to help support a scholarship fund that is specifically for bringing young women into a construction industry, please sponsor our events. You'll get tons of advertising out of it. <laughs> and not to mention you're helping grow the future of construction. But like you mentioned, we do have discounted rates for students if they want to become a member of NAWIC. I can't remember off the top of my head right now what it is, but I want to say it's it's around it's as low as $75 for the year. 
And um, certainly if you're employed, um, you should be tapping on your shoulder to pay for, for your membership dues uh, because your employer gets just as much out of your membership as you do. Um, you're the one that's investing the time and energy to come to these meetings and to make these connections. And you are bringing that back to your employer 100%. And if there's anyone out there that wants to be a NAWIC member and their owner of the company says no, tell me, I will call them. I am happy to do it. <laughs> Again, always sell it. Jillian Bedkin, here's my card. <laughs> always be closing. <laughs> well, if someone does want to reach out to you, uh, are you on LinkedIn? What's some ways that people can find you? Absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Jillian Penkin, um, my phone number and email address, I can share that with you, but jpenkin at rdweiss.com. Please reach out for anything from NAWIC to flooring to you want to know the best place to get chicken wings in Buffalo. I can help you out with that too. <laughs> there are plenty, but there are right places to go and the not right places to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't go to go Anchor Bar. Go on, there's so many other places to go than Anchor Bar. I know. <laughs> Maybe I'll get hate mail for this. <laughs> well, we've done we've done chicken wing challenges. So yes, because we're in Rochester, we're upstate New York. It's all it is all about chicken wings. And so we've routinely had the chicken wing challenge where we'll order from multiple different restaurants for um, for football Sundays mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and taste. And not not garbage plates. <clears throat> um, we've done that too. Yes. Yeah. Jimmy Z's in Brockport has. If I had to, you know, again, I might get hate mail for that too, but Jimmy C's in Brockport. You know, I love our regional specific food. It's fantastic. So Rochester's known for garbage plates. Buffalo's known for uh, buffalo wings, obviously. But, right. And a garbage plate, of course, is either two cheeseburgers or two hot dogs on a bed of mac salad and home fries or French fries if you're a weirdo. It's supposed to be home fries. It's supposed to be home fries. Yes. And then onions and meat hot sauce and ketchup and mustard and if that sounds gross to you come to rochester i'll meet you at jimmy z's and we're eating a plate (laughs) i'll make sure to put the location in the show notes (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll get a free garbage plate out of this you should we should be they should be a sponsor of newick yeah oh man you're in All right. So all those that are listening, Inside the Firm is now on YouTube. So subscribe for a chance to win some Inside the Firm merch. Um, Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show and uh, it does help us reach a broader audience. And if you'd like to find more Inside the Firm content, you could follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Inside the Firm or Instagram at ITF Podcast. Thanks again uh, for listening. And Jillian, thanks for being on. I'm very excited that we finally get to do this. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Any chance I get to bring awareness to women in construction, I am in.